0: This is part two of the Rebecca Turner and Mike McElroy episode. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend you go back and doing that because we pick up where we left off in part one and we cover some of the same ground and cover talk about some of the same topics. So uh, enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Okay, so we left off the first episode of the podcast with Mike asking a question to Rebecca and Mike. Why don't you repeat that All right, question? So the question was eating.
1: talking about conscious eating and more specifically conscious, I guess, shopping of eating. So, not going into the store, and just getting what you normally get, but actually being aware and being present in the store of right. new foods.
2: And you also have to go ahead and make um, peace with the fact that doing things differently is going to require more brain power. And going back to the fact yes. that we are overloaded, right? So you do a lot of things on autopilot, whether you believe it or not. Um, you go into a, you go into a restaurant, you sit down, and you just order something. You go through the grocery store, your kid's gnawing at your leg or whatever. Well, maybe your dog. But your kid is like <laughs> <laughs> hanging off your, your leg. your
0: kid. <laughs> you can feed your kid.
2: <laughs> like you need to feed your kid. Um, He's a And so too. the easiest thing to do for your brain and your anxiety is just to go through the grocery store and pick up what's normal, what's natural, right? But just because it's normal and natural doesn't necessarily mean that that's just how you wired and how you are. It just means you're going to have to make the conscious effort to sit down, make out a new list, Go ahead, accept the fact that it's going to take you twice as long in the grocery store the first time or two that you um, explore the new routes and that that's all part of it. And the brain, and also go ahead and accept that your brain and your body are just going to fight every moment of that because it wants you to do this all through your life, do this to what's easy and what's comfortable. And when your brain gets into a routine like autopilot, most of us can get in our car and drive to our job and not remember how we got there Mm -hmm. like you get in your car you start thinking about the day's to-do list not saying that you were drinking or driving but literally you get home and you go all right did i did i I use my finger or how it may be because your body can overtake that when you do something enough times it creates those divots and those whatever in the brain that becomes your autopilot Your eating your shopping habits your ordering habits all of that that's all it is is. You're a divot um i don't know if i mention it in the book but one thing i've talked about recently is the fact that basically we're just a dog with the bell out of pavlo's theory so mm-hmm. if you don't know Pavlov's theory he basically took a dog started feeding it food it would salivate when the food was there great so then he added a bell in prior to connecting or conditioning the dog if he rung the bell he would look at him sideways all right just cool But enough times of the bell being rung while the dog was being served dinner, he made the conditioning and the connection. And these are the associations that I talk about in the book, your your associations with food, that now when the dog hears the bell, he salivates knowing that food's coming. We're coming up, I don't know when this podcast will air, but we're coming up into the holiday seasons. You can look all around you and look at how you are just a dog with the bell and food because Mm -hmm. from conditioning, from marketing, they have now gotten you convinced that Santa drinks Coke. Like, who now when you think of Christmas, you think of Santa Claus. And what does he have? No, no more milk and cookies. He's now got a Coke. And that's from years of conditioning you to think that that goes with that. And so we're all conditioned to be triggered. So if I'm having a bad day, the first thing I want is a glass of Chardonnay, right? Like, that's always worked for me or your or whatever it may be, your Ho-Hos, your, your Twizzlers, or whatever it may be. So you have just created a a a conditioned response to a food but really all you're wanting is relief from the stress inside so when people start to say things and you read blogs like harness your your sweet tooth by eating greek yogurt and berries or whatever it may be but really you want a bowl of ben and jerry's <laughs> what you have to understand that's happening is you are conditioned to want the entire experience all right let's do another let's do another trick this is one of the best ones Okay, we're literally sitting here a week before Thanksgiving. Um, when, when you go and sit down for your meal on Thanksgiving, you're going to have a turkey dressing, you're going to have mac and cheese, you're going to have roll, you're going to have sweet tea, you're going to have your friends and your family and the whole smells and everything, right? Like, it's the whole experience of Thanksgiving. You can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it, you can feel it. It's in a complete experience. Now, if I took that exact same meal and I gave it to you on June fifth, two 2019 and walked you into a room and sat you down, how awkward would you feel about eating the Thanksgiving meal on June 5th, 2019? Because the rest of the components aren't there. You've been conditioned for that meal for that purpose. The warm and fuzzies that come yeah, with you your family. You would sit down
1: and say, hey, this is our Thanksgiving meal.
2: You would be like, weird, why are we eating this? We eating this? And so it comes with everything. It. Yeah, you would, would eat it. I would it, eat it. It wouldn't it give would you the weird. same yeah. response. I would make a comment about it. And so that is just a conditioned response. But what's the cool part is if you can be conditioned in one way, you can be conditioned in the other. And I get so angry when I hear people say, that's just how I'm wired. That's just who I am. No, that's who you're conditioned to be. You can uncondition yourself. You just have to be committed to creating these scenarios time and time again to recondition yourself. Um, To go for the walk instead of the donut. To reach for the hot tea instead of the Chardonnay. To order something different at your favorite restaurant, even though you walk in and you smell it and you feel it and you see the person beside you eating it and enjoying it. Um, And then it becomes your new autopilot normal. That
1: goes back to the the consciousness and awareness and the power of habit talks about that. Yes! All the time of, of, like you said, slowing down and recognizing... Instead of just saying, that's how I am, recognizing what, what happens right before you choose to eat that dessert or right before you choose to do this or that, what's the trigger that makes you do that? And then once you can recognize the trigger, then you can start addressing that. So recognize the trigger and automatically have something in your head of what I'm going to do instead. Yeah,
2: because it, this whole idea that you can um, remove the trigger is yeah. ignorant because yeah. you're going to have a bad day. The, your boss is going to say, The example that you yeah.
1: talk about in the book of, of getting in your car and wanting a cigarette. Right. And it's like you're not gonna you're gonna get in your car, so you can't remove car. that. You so you have it. to have something. What am I gonna do as soon as I get in the car? Right. And have a different.
0: I thought of it this morning I was driving my son to daycare, and the guy I was drinking my coffee. And the guy beside me was drinking coffee, and I was like, why is it, why are we so ingrained? Like, I wake up in the morning, uh, I wake up, my alarm. Some of that's
2: the stimulus that comes from the coffee <laughs> yeah, pot. I know,
0: but I could drink decaf and be just as happy. No, well, then you're weird. I <laughs> wake up to the, co- the coffee pot, I can hear the little, little... You've been
2: conditioned. I know, it's, it's part so of your. Well, and going back to the whole house thing, if you don't believe me, and you've ever moved, you, you would, you become reconditioned to that route home too. Like... So if you're at your home long enough, you're going to be able to autopilot your way home. And then if you go back to your next house... You've never done that? You're not... not I mean, not like totally yeah, with your eyes place. closed. Um, but two, if you think about it, you go to a new city. Maybe you're traveling for the holidays and you wind up in a new city. You are much more stressed out and tired by yeah. the time you get there because you actually had to be thinking about where you were turning and what you were doing.
0: So should people? I mean, what's the lesson here? People need to be aware that this is normal. So I've reconditioned myself with my nutrition plan to that every morning I go for my I go for a run and I do my workout first, and then I get to eat bacon and eggs. So really, it's another argument for why my nutrition plan is so excellent. What's the
1: argument? What's the I reconditioned
0: myself, so I have to exercise
2: You first. reconditioned yourself you to do something different. First. You could have I done first donuts and, and ho <laughs> Yeah, you could
1: exercise first and then go eat donuts. I think the main thing
2: that I would want people yeah. to understand is change is hard. Like, change is hard. I can't change that. There's no plan on the planet that changes the fact that change is hard. And so when you find yourself in those moments of wanting to fight back and go the other route, not read the labels or whatever it may be, or revert back to just grabbing the donut at workout and get the, I'll make the you know, egg white omelet tomorrow, whatever it may be, then that's where I want you to stop and go, okay, this is just part of it. I'm just in a new house, I'm at a new location, I'm starting a new thing. Eventually, this is gonna become home and I'm going to know what to do, and my body's going to respond and react if I do it enough times. Um, And not think that you're broken because it's hard, because change is hard, and just accept that. And that can take a lot of pressure off if you just accept that change is hard.
0: And so one of the things you talked about early on in your book was about rewriting your story. And I had read a another book it was called the book called a million miles in a thousand years have you read that one mm-hmm. and it, the book is kind of about a guy who he just he's always he he just rewrites his life story he just kind of erases some of the stuff he's been doing i mean it was, it was much more in depth than that but that's something i picked up years ago was just trying to rewrite some of my stories like i this is really what a my first cancer diagnosis showed me was that i can rewrite my story i can do different things i don't always have to do things the same way i can change my conditioning. Um, I can recondition myself to do other things. And you talked in the book about, I think, a little bit in your intro about the no, no. story um,
2: No, that's part of it because, it, again, like if you were to ditch this podcast and go to the nearest um, airport, nobody would stand in front of the lady at the be- front and just keep telling her where you didn't want to go. And that's one thing that we all know. We know what we don't want. I don't want diabetes. I don't want hypertension. I don't want cancer. Um, I really don't want to be an unhealthy weight that makes me feel good about myself. Um, I don't want wrinkles, uh, you know, but articulating what you do want. Like you would never call an Uber or get a plane ticket and not know where your destination was. But yet we wake up every day and we go through our lives knowing what we don't want, but not focusing on where we do want. So when you sit down to take out the time to create your healthy vision or rewrite your the ending to your story, as fictitious as it may be, it gives you your your entire being a, a a beacon of where to sort of head to.
0: So are we kind of saying that if you, I mean, one of the ways to tackle being your nutrition and improve your health is really to, you, you have to be really intentional about changing a lot of different, a lot of other things too. Like if, if you're just trying to change nutrition for nutrition's sake, it's not going to be as effective as if you're not Oh, absolutely. changing a lot of things. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean, you're talk- not
2: going to have time, I mean, yeah.
1: Well, that can we be talked about earlier people. too, the, and I, obviously I, it's beating a dead horse, but talking about your why and getting fulfillment from it. But I've said this before, if you if you are really grounded in your why and your purpose, big decisions come really easy. Absolutely. And so if you if you know that. what why you're doing these things and why you're trying to make these changes, because what I've found is that, you know, obviously health and wellness is a massive part of my life, but there's a lot of clients that I have that it's not, and I'm not gonna convince them that it should be. And so what we have to do is figure out where they get fulfillment, And how can health and wellness Mm -hmm. contribute to that? And that's the only way they're going to be successful. If they do it just for the sake of it, it's not going to work.
2: You know, I mean, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting abs or a thigh gap, whatever the hell you want one of those. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with wanting to run marathons as fast as possible. There's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to see how strong you can be at 35 and chasing state records or whatever it may be. But the part comes is it destroying your life because you're obsessing over it mm-hmm. is it you do you get an unbalanced of your worth and value come from that and if that was removed from you from your everyday life would you be okay like would you legitimately be okay if you could never go for another run like and if you can't grapple with that there's other issues at hand because those those things can be taken away in any moment and i feel like we're losing so much of our present moment of our kids lives of our relationships with this obsession with fitness that goes beyond wellness, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and I agree with that. I don't think you both looked at me like when you said <laughs> that. Like I'm, I don't think I have a, I'm not, I don't have an. Why obsession. are you getting so defensive? Because you gave me look, gave me the look <laughs> like. you're the one that wanted to
2: poke the bear. You right. poke the bear, but no, and I mean because, the, but it is, it's a, but it's a conversation that needs to be um, also had. And I'm not knocking anyone's extraordinary goals. I think if it fits your life and you're willing to sacrifice all that it takes to do that, when you look at Olympic athletes, when you look at Rich Froning and all those, the amount of sacrifice that they have done, not only in just nutrition, but family, friendships, parties, to get yeah. to where they are, they, they deserve every moment of greatness that they have because it didn't come yeah. with having it all. Yeah. And that's the problem with all of us in the middle yeah. is we, we want to taste what they have but we also somehow realize we're never going to. So now here I am. I'm sitting in the Mexican restaurant having this internal battle with myself versus should I get the margarita because it's 500, you know, that's 500 calories. I would hate to not be able to weigh right tomorrow. Um, versus hey, how about getting the smaller one, having you know, having like a balanced enjoyment here and then going on with my life. Versus do I want the, you know, the little bit extra in the gym tomorrow? And now I have this war going on in my head that absolutely means nothing because I'm. It doesn't matter if I put an extra kilo on the bar yeah. tomorrow, and it doesn't matter if I skip the chips. But it's become an issue because now it's an issue. The thing that's a thing is not the thing, and that's the thing I want you to know. <laughs> all the
0: things. That, that, all I the things. To write yeah. that one down. The thing that you
1: think the, the is thing, not the thing.
2: Usually, the thing that's a thing is not the thing. <laughs> yeah. So there.
1: And Frying talks, and probably a lot of people talk about. it, Obviously, Frying is who I'm familiar with, but he talks about that. I think he talks about it in his book if not he's talked about it a bunch of other places of why he doesn't do individual anymore it's because he was having a sacrifice and when that now that they have kids he doesn't want to do that take the it's not sacrifices. worth it his not values changed yeah.
2: and that's fine your values can change yeah
0: for most people that are listening to this that's i most people i think probably have a they're not at risk of going over into that extreme No, I, dis- I totally disagree. Yeah. Because there I are plenty of people-, people... No, who are gonna I, I disagree. Right. There
2: are people who are leaving their kids at daycare to the last frickin' minute so they can get one more mile or train one more time. There are people who are giving up Saturdays and weekends to run extraneous miles that aren't necessary for wellness, but they're forfeiting these years with their kids. You have to know your balance. There's also people who are sweating and worrying whether they can get in one more CrossFit workout because they got Mm -hmm. a local competition. They're trying to win in team scale. (laughs) I
0: would think that it would be a bigger issue of people staying at work an extra hour, like maybe, I don't know if, I don't know if we're tackling the wrong I think it's both. I think
2: it's, it's both. I think, I think both. you're not open to seeing what's really happening for a lot of people out there. Just because they don't perform at a level that they should at the time that they and get to it. And it may be your it
1: ecosystem. Doesn't but in the, cross, mean it, in the CrossFit spectrum, for sure, there's, there's, there's people an unbalanced do recognize that their goals is completely unrealistic and unnecessary. Not even unrealistic, but think, unnecessary.
0: See, I don't experience that as much with, I mean, most of <laughs> Most of the time, I have a harder time getting the people to actually complete the things. They want to accomplish a goal. Well, and
1: CrossFit has this cult-type feeling, Absolutely. and it yeah. creates that. Do you just call that... CrossFit a cult? Absolutely. Yeah. And when you're willing <laughs> to sacrifice... Greg called it a cult. <laughs> when you're willing okay. to
2: sacrifice a promotion at work so you can get in more hours at the gym just to try to get into regionals, or when you're forfeiting having kids with your husband at a decent age just because you're trying to somehow get up the whatever... You need to sit down and have like a legit come to yeah. Jesus with yourself.
0: I can see that with people that I've known who train for like an Ironman triathlon. Yeah. That yeah. becomes overwhelming yeah. in your life where yeah. you are sacrificing a lot of time, but it's a short term thing.
1: Well, I mean, even girls girls, I but tra- in
0: my in my world of the, the the group that I have for runners. In fact, we, it's a more it's a much more family friendly environment. Well, I think that probably Navy speaks to you bring and your our leadership in the
1: group of
0: yeah. who you are and show yeah your maybe so, but I don't know if that's I don't know if. If I, I'm I
1: know a lot I of, know, of people I know, runners, that I know runners I know runners in the what is y'all's group or the group that you used to have on Facebook. I don't remember what it's called anymore. The one that I got arguments with people on. Oh the insane yeah. need for I speed. know runners in that group who that I would have this conversation with.
0: Yeah, and you have to know yourself. But, but even run, like there here's here's where I disagree a little bit. Well, we're probably saying the same thing. For runners specifically, it's because most people do I run probably as much or more than just about anybody in the whole tribe. But let's talk about what area. did you
2: but how And I'm me, only
0: running like 7 8 hours a week.
2: But what did you sacrifice People, to have that lifestyle? You created a job out of running. Yeah.
0: True, but, but I, I did that before, but I did that before. I'm saying, you, but when I was doing a man, tri- it was your taking values, a lot of time away you, from it. Your
2: values You lined were, up your life with your values.
0: I'm saying there's just not that, like, there's probably people who are working a lot more than the five or four or five hours they're running every week. Like, I, they can't, I don't think they're being yeah, excessive they about it and doing too much. Like, they're probably at work for a couple hours too long. Like, they're probably bringing home stress like that. I think there's both. I just think there's probably other areas of their life that are maybe more important to focus on reducing than an extra mile. I
1: time. would I would agree that there's no, other I agree areas with too. I'm close to all Look at we all agree <laughs> this. But I think
2: being disassociated with the, the fact that people are unbalanced with the things that matter, um, you know, because that's where. For me, for my running, um, I left running because I valued marathon training. I felt like if I couldn't run marathons, I didn't need to be a runner. And I did not have the support system or the ability to leave a newborn at home for four hours on a Saturday morning so I could get in my long run. Will I ever come back to running? It's a sure possibility, but my kid will be in a different sort of spot. At that time, she was tiny. So then I found something else that sort of s- subsided that. And I've always had a wrestle with the balance of spending more time in the gym versus not even even now. Now I have a home gym and I work very flexible hours. I still have to rein myself in. Rebecca, there is no reason you need to be putting two hours in your garage gym when that other hour could be put Lessening the stress of, of the rest of your life by actually like doing laundry and things like that, or actually trying to grow the career that does pay your freaking mortgage. So I think it's a little, it's a little, the, the people have to work with their own balance and sort of doing things out. And so they have to know what their values and everything are there because it can get out of control for anybody.
0: I agree with that. And I think, you know, some of the things that, you know, I, like you said, I've now made a career out of basically. Running. running running I mean that's ostensibly what it is which you is have different. aligned
2: your life to allow yourself the ability to run when you choose or how long that's you that's really
0: a nice feature by the way <laughs> to be able to just go run not
2: everybody can do that
0: well I'm glad to be here because it's pretty exciting for me that I can go I can run but if they six do value the line,
2: it I mean Mike's, right. Everybody's, Mike's yeah. done it his way yeah
1: and I yeah. think too like I bring this up with my clients when I when I was training for regionals and stuff back in the good old days uh, back when you were younger. Yeah, back when I was young. <laughs> when I was swimming, you records. Uh, <laughs> but every year, I would talk to Reagan at the beginning of the year and say, hey, are we on board with me training like this? So uh, you mentioned a support system and like, the whole group around me was on board yeah. with it. It wasn't just me because I knew that it was sacrificing. So getting people on board with it, and if you don't do that, then And it's there's also be to say,
2: you, great. And if you want to run a first Ironman, I know that's a huge uh, commitment. You need to bring in your family and say for the next year. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to get those goals. And I hope if you're listening, the only thing I want you to get out of this rant and raving that specifically it seems like Mike and I agree on is I want you to question yep. your own life. I yep. want you to question... Um, and think about why you're doing the things that you're doing and if, if there's any revelation here for you.
0: And one of the things that happened when it I started it. doing my stricter nutrition plan, one of the things that we didn't, Claire and I didn't talk, Claire's my wife, if you're not sure, but uh, what we didn't really talk about was how this was going to change. I cook almost all the meals. <laughs> so what eventually happened at night was... She didn't want to do carbs She, like, I would just make myself a steak. Well, what am I going to make for her? So it really changed dynamics of our dinner, like to the point where sometimes I would just totally forget that I have to make something else for her, and I would just make one thing. Like if I just made chicken, I was just making chicken. And she would. She said, well, I would like a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants vegetables? <laughs> so it really, there was that did change the dynamic. It was a bit of a sacrifice. It's a, a my, very mild point of tension. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you're supposed to be, you always cook all the meals. It's the way it's been for six years. We've been married, and now... You're just hanging me out to dry, and I got a... So what ended up happening is then she'll end up a lot of times picking up food more often than not. Not more often than not, but more often than she used to. Like she'll have to stop by Kroger and get to a chicken to do what after. to
2: accommodate your new nutrition yeah. habits.
0: Yeah, so that's yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So the nutrition had which was we had so an Anything about our nutrition hardly. <laughs> the nutrition habits were had more of an impact than my training habits ever did. Well, like you know, training for an Ironman. Claire was pregnant, and I would go out on Saturdays. You'd be gone for seven or eight hours, and those days did have a those have a negative impact on. on but here's that, the thing: That goes you have into the extreme, but if
2: you have the meeting before, like Mike said, and you know this is for a season, it's, you know, it then it still
0: becomes awful.
2: Yeah, it still becomes awful. But you're at least it's a season; we can get through this. You can accomplish your goal, and then you have to realize we have to come back to a balance. And I hope nobody takes away that I'm Debbie Downing any of your goals. I've just lived it. Like, yep. I've lived yep. the is- obsessiveness of it all. And you look like you have it all on the outside, but really it's an everyday mental struggle to keep everything in balance when you're you are more successful. like I would love oh my god I would love to wake up and be able to work out four hours a day I think that'd be amazing and weigh and do all my food and all that right and I would just but if I, I could do that but then I would lose this career that I've created that I'm aspiring and I'm helping more people with that than I'll ever help by putting another kilo on the bar oh there's that marriage I really like him um you know and, and so you have to here's the thing you can't have it all you can't and so yeah.
0: it's a good yeah. lesson for like coaches like mike and i to understand that to know that we are imparting that a healthy relationship with this stuff into our athletes and not yeah. driving them mm-hmm. into Sorry. these negative and you know, need so to be behaviors. you need to know the
2: red flags and have the conversations with them like i know again the crossfit community there's so many that come in they drink the kool-aid they're super excited And immediately, they may be 50 pounds overweight, but their mind goes straight to the CrossFit games. And it's like, dude, like, let's get to wellness first. (laughs) Like, you know, but they're ready to like put it all on the table because they've got a taste of something that's magical. And, um, and then, you know, they find themselves doing drills at home. I don't know. You can just get completely out of whack with it quick and Mm. it can become... Not a positive thing in your life anymore.
1: Can you talk about being there and some of my experience of actually making it to regionals and then like that's where the question now what comes from of like, I've been to regionals and it's like, okay, what did that get me? Nothing. like nobody, nobody likes me anymore, nobody cared any nobody cared at all, really. And so that's the question some I always ask like, liked you less. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh there's plenty of those people um but i mean that that's where the question comes from is like when you get these this goal that you accomplished now what where does that get you and where, where do you is that if you're fulfillment even is all you wanted? again yeah, I mean, it's just great. a
2: balance you have it goes back to like you have to know your why and it's okay to be okay with just being healthy mm-hmm. it's okay it's really to enjoy it's okay. Absolutely it is. I mean, that's why I haven't picked back up running because there's still this standard in my head that if I'm yeah. not marathon running, then why in the hell would I want to run, yeah. right? Same standard. Why am I not crossfitting? Because I can't be good at everything. I don't have the time to put in it. That's a personality issue. I'm yeah. very aware of that, and I need you to be aware of it too and lighten the load on yourself just a little bit that it's okay just to do fitness because it does provide you fulfillment because it is a health healthy thing. You don't have to make it uh, this some life's purpose, like a we have pretty much. I'm
1: sorry, this is coming from three very competitive people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so. mean for sure. Like <laughs> I'm I, not I have wrestled
2: with that. I mean, ever since you know, I mean, I, I I was born a competitor. So, so for me, it's just finding what does that definition look like at thirty five with a six year old and a marriage and another and a career that I enjoy that provides more fulfillment, financial security for the house than me weightlifting. So
1: um, I don't know where you are on time or where we yeah, are on, on notes, but I've got Instagram questions, and we've got the original question that brought this whole thing even together. <laughs> the
0: good news
2: is I don't know I mean, Oh, we're, yeah. We so haven't talked anything about your <laughs> nutrition. I am so sorry. But, but it's been really those, good stuff. You wanted, yeah, a, it's you wanted the passionate me, and that's the part. Well, that's
0: what we got. I'm going to start talking about keto keto diet here, and we'll really get Rebecca <laughs> fired up. So,
1: no, I mean, So the original and like i said i've got I'll instagram continue. questions too um i don't know where we want to where we want to go but the original question that There's people
2: uh, actually watching
0: um are there hey, people uh, watching
1: negative 0 oh that
0: was gonna, i don't have any real followers well, well zero,
1: 0 likes and 0 yeah zero What's likes. in the black box that it says time
2: oh i was like we have a <laughs> hundred
0: <laughs> that's on it, this is on youtube and i don't it's have any like, followers it's just another way of recording
2: it. no that's fine
1: so one of the questions question was broadcast. or the original question I guess, we'll start there, um, was putting on muscle and losing fat at the same time. And not necessarily is it possible, but the challenges <laughs> that come with it. Right. So well, the challenge it, that comes with it. It started with
0: our friend Monty who has been on the podcast once or once or twice. It's Came at us with a question of, and he, but his question had a preface which said, we know that you can't add muscle without adding fat, and then blah, blah, blah. We don't remember what the question was.
2: Um, well, that's not a, exactly true. I mean, you can add muscle while reducing body fat, assuming that you have more body fat than necessary from a healthy standpoint. The, the but And here's what you, you guys may find shocking. If I had someone come to me, the first thing I'm going to ask is, are you doing the right fitness routine for that because again I can't feed you muscles mm-hmm. I can't reduce cal just because I reduce calories does not mean you're losing fat fat in fact is the last thing that your body loses so if you are not if, if your goal because let's get out of the weeds with all the other stuff but if your goal that you have decided for yourself is to create more lean muscle tissue and reduce fat tissue the first thing you need to sit down and do is find an exercise program when coupled with the nutrition plan will give you that. And I'll go ahead and tell you running is not in the vocabulary for that. It's a it's hindrance yeah, well, to it.
0: Yeah, we I think we. Now you runners
2: that. can have great legs because it's the pounding and the resistance. You may have great abs from holding up your upper body and swinging your arms for long distances. You may look a little toned. You may look a little whatever, but that doesn't mean that you. It equates to muscle tissue or sh- or or strength in that respect.
0: You're not building muscle by run. You're not right building muscle. Mass or Unless volume, you're running
2: heels, which again is a form of like That's like strength training. Strength training. Yeah. Um, so again, that would go to, to more of Mike's wheelhouse in terms of the only way to build muscle tissue is to tear it down. And then once we tear it down in the most proper way with a safe uh, program, I can come in and help you add the raw material and this is where it takes two-fold so if that's what you're doing you're looking at a delicate balance here of, of if you're wanting the balance of more muscle tissue and fat loss because the first goal is to be able to fuel your workout so you can actually do it and then the second goal you've got to fuel enough to be able to put in the raw material and just like with, uh, with a house mortgage Um, The bank requires, if you've got 1,200 square feet, the bank requires $1,000 from you a month. If you wanted to add an extra room to your house, you're going to go to the bank and ask for more money, right? And then once you build that extra house, now your mortgage is $1,200 a month, um, and you're going to have to pay that every month. So once you create and add on extra muscle tissue the proper way, You're going to have to now continue to eat that way or you're going to lose it. And guess what? If you're going to want another layer of muscle on top of that, not really layers of muscle, but you get what I'm saying. You're now going to have to provide the raw materials to be built. And then once you get it, you're going to have to continue to eat that mortgage too or it's going to be lost. It's a continuous cycle. That's why you have NFLers who get up in the middle of the night and eat because yeah. it's. I mean, how bad do you want it? Like,
1: so let's take an extreme example. I don't know if you can do this because it would be highly individualized. But let's say we had somebody getting ready for a show, what um, show? like a like, bodybuilding show, yeah. um, and they're aside from all the cuts and the blah blah blah, that's not anywhere close to healthy. Let's say they are they need five five percent down, but they also need to put on a little bit more lean tissue, and they've obviously been eating a pretty well balanced diet. What are possibly some key points that they would have to that you would tweak in okay. their nutrition. So I
2: mean point. and again, let's say this is not a healthy approach to life. Right. But um the first thing you can, you're gonna do is you're gonna remove the sodium from your diet, number one. You're gonna go down to fresh fruits and vegetables that have no thin that will make you retain water. But you already know that, you're already doing that. Um no matter what you do in terms of wherever you are as an athlete, you have to get in enough protein. Protein should then become your number one macronutrient that you're worried about because without amino acids you cannot repair, you cannot restore, and you cannot rebuild muscle tissue. So where you in the carnivore diet kind of has a, has a bright light in this respect is you go overboard with it. So the body is by none getting enough protein to, 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 uh, to repair and stimulate muscle synthesis. It's using the rest of it for glucose, which you could have had a baked potato for. Um, however, whatever.
0: I like to take better. Whatever, but um, it's not a better <laughs>
2: diet. But you're 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 knocking oh, yeah. off the protein. You're getting enough in terms of that respect. Because if that drops, then muscle t- muscle building cannot repair. And a replen a a muscle that has not been replenished cannot repair. So the first step is you have to replenish the muscle before the muscle will ever think about being repaired, before the muscle will ever think about being rebuilt. So you can't put the cart before the horse. So you have to make sure you're getting enough protein to cover step one and then getting enough protein left over just to cover steps two and sort of steps three. And then once you get to step three and it's a nice remodeled, you're gonna to have to make sure you're getting in enough protein consistently to keep the bitch or it's gonna start going back down. So then that's where a whole area of of nutrition gets up for debate. People think it should be high protein, high fat. People think it should be high protein, low fat, high carb or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, the science is kind of um, conclusive on as long as you're getting A, enough calories to support what you're doing, okay, then comes enough protein to support the muscle that you want. The rest is pretty much up to the individual whether the remaining calories becomes there is no there is there really is no magic portion. If you prefer avocados over rice, then you're gonna go you're gonna lean towards eating fats instead of carbs. If you're more of a carbs over you know low fat, that that little ratio down there is really up to the um, individual and it doesn't show a whole lot in science. What does? You have to have enough calories to pay your mortgage. And a percentage of those calories must be enough protein to uh, cover the cost of repairing and restoring. The rest is pretty much individualized. So and obviously, is. quality would be better in terms of health.
1: So essentially, it's calories and protein. And then... And obviously, this is assuming you're already at a pretty good standpoint. Yes. And you know that's not healthy. And then the rest of it would be individualized either by a nutritionist or just...
2: Whatever you like.
1: What you like more.
2: Yeah. I mean, you. there is no, that then, whether it's 10% carbs, 20% fat, whatever, really comes down to what keeps you full and what keeps you happy. So.
0: So that's the macronutrient nutrient answer right there. Yeah, because there is no,
2: like, magic uh, breakdown from that. Now, if you want to talk about, and let's be honest, bodybuilders and fitness physiques, While they look great, they are not functional.
1: Yeah. Most people realize that bodybuilders on stage are like doing everything they can just to stay
2: upright. Yeah, not to pass out. (laughs) So do not... I mean, that's not functional fitness. Those muscles don't really work very well outside of Functional
1: fitness may not even be functional fitness, but that's a whole other topic. topic. We should talk about that. Uh, I, I see.
0: Oh, go, I was going to talk, but there was a study. I just saw it on Twitter this morning. It was, and I meant to make a note of it, but I forgot. But it was talking about all calories not being equal, and I think that's kind of what you were just oh, absolutely. talking about. I anyway. mean, you had talked about nutrition being so personalized. So, how can somebody? So that you were kind of speaking about it in in response to, can you build muscle? And not increase fat or whatever, but then how how does somebody use that? Like, per, how does somebody personalize their own nutrition and make sense of that?
2: Because it's hard, and that's why there's just there's sort of dietitians and nutritionists and things out Hire there. Higher yeah, Rebecca, higher Rebecca, um, and there's programs out there that that do it. Um, number one, bar none, I would say a good seventy percent of people out there, which is going to sound contrary to belief, you're not eating enough. Like you're just not eating enough. Like you're not even getting, remember what I said, a replenished muscle cannot restore and rebuild. So if you're not eating enough to replenish, then you're never going to get the, The your body has one job. Your body wants to survive. Yeah. Giving you muscles, your body really doesn't give a shit about. You want the muscles. So it's cherry on the top. You've got to give the body all it needs to survive and thrive. And then it'll think about, oh, we'll, we'll create a little bicep for you, a little abs for you.
0: Wait, did you just say that 90% of people are not eating enough? 70. She said 70. 70 to oh, 90, 70. I'd give it. Yeah, absolutely. Aren't eating enough? Not agree. eating enough. I would agree. With or that they're too. not eating enough of the, they're not eating the right balance of stuff. Like, 90% of people aren't eating enough.
2: Yeah. Food? Ask, ask. <laughs> I would agree. I would
0: agree. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. You two must live in a different world than <laughs> I do. Have you seen, have you driven by McDonald's at lunchtime? Like, aren't those people eating
1: enough? They're not eating enough?
2: Just because they take in, that they, they may be their only meal a day. Yeah, it may be a 900 calorie crappy meal. Yeah, I
1: watched my mom, I'm guessing, throwing her in a bus. Had, Have you ever actually done me. a
2: nutrient intake from all of your, you and done a diet analysis? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> that would be too complicated.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And it would also be out of your of Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. laws for that. But, um, that's why you're on the podcast. I know. Yeah, yeah and that's, but that's. Absolutely, baseline people because when you eat a very fatty diet, which a lot of Americans do, they're eating uh, calories obviously that aren't quality. Um, but yeah, they may be only eating 12 to 1300 calories, but it's a, he's a six foot two man. Dalco, for instance, when he first started um, looking at his calories on my fitness pal, he could not get himself to eat 2200 calories a day. I mean he, with, like good food like right. with good food because yeah. there's a lot of freaking food. and he was like, oh my God, this is a lot of food. Um, and even whenever he was putting in, his fat chart was off the chain. So he was staying full. He had an anchor that suppressed his hunger that kept him full um, all day long. But that doesn't mean he was getting enough calories to provide for repairing or restoring tissue or s- you signifying.
1: You mentioned that earlier. I feel
0: like that needs more explanation because people are going to hear that and be like, um, I need to eat more. Yes, you need more.
1: So you mentioned earlier the building blocks in your house. And if you gain muscle, you have to up that mm-hmm. intake to keep building those blocks. It goes the same in the other regards. People think that if you want to lose weight, you have to take less and mm-hmm. take less and take less, and you can only take less for so long. So, what happens when I've taken less for the last ten years of my life and now I'm at a thousand calories, which is what we're getting at, where people are still overweight but they're not eating enough
2: because they're not because they're not getting the results they want because they're not giving the body the building blocks they need to burn and turn calories. Um, you add back slowly, and you have to look up the composition. Like, what no, are saying, you eating? I'm
1: sorry. That's the solution. So what what are what is going on when we see all these people at McDonald's, and he's not seeing that they're not eating enough, but they aren't eating enough. Why are they? Why are they? How are they not eating enough, but they're still getting bigger? Where they oh, are oh,
2: that's absolutely that's easy. yeah. That's that,
1: kind of what I was. Eating. Well,
2: that's the Well, that also goes to like what is being taken in, right? So if if all you're taking in is the primary source is saturated fats and um, uh, uh, refined sugars or refined carbohydrates those are not giving you building blocks for muscle tissue. So giving you building blocks for adipose tissue. And so whenever you leave a sedentary lifestyle coupled with a diet, even if it's low in total calories, but it's high in unhealthy nutrients, you now have a metabolism that's as slow as uh, molasses. And its number one job is to store adipose uh, or store calories because it knows it's not getting enough in, and the only way that it stores is in the form of adipose tissue. So fat, you become fat. And it's exactly why you have one in five Mississippians who are food insecure, but yet they're overweight, and you don't understand how can you be poor and hungry but be obese. It's the feast and famine method. Um, And so I would argue that a lot of these people you see at McDonald's particularly women, that's my area of expertise, while they're going through McDonald's, they're going to starve themselves either for dinner or starve themselves on some 90-day, 60-day, whatever-week plan or go through and get a shake tomorrow to make up for this bad thing. There's no consistency. So now you are literally starving yourself, even though you're eating like shit.
1: Well, it goes back to biology that your your body has to survive. And so that's why it's here. So if you're not eating enough, it's going to figure out a way to override to hold on the brain, to something so that it can survive, and so like I said, my mom, I see, I'm, you've seen way more of these people, but no, yeah, like, I, I mean. couldn't get, I couldn't. She would ask me about food and stuff, and she couldn't get any lower. She's like, "Well, I got to lose more weight, or I got to lose some weight." Well, you can't take your calories down because then you would not be eating. So I was like, I would give her like half of the recommended protein, and she be like, "I can't eat that much." It's like, well. Gotta yes. so
2: yeah, start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere. The magic of that, and this is why I talk about dumb diet decisions. This is why women have wounded up in the realm that they are, or men too. But I, again, women are my area of expertise. If you think of your muscle as a kitchen sponge, right, like one that absorbs water, big sort of fibery sponge, that's very much what your muscle kind of looks and feels like. When you're in motion, when you're running, when you're walking, when you're doing the errands, mopping the floor, whatever it may be, and your heart rate gets above a certain level, you become aerobic, and you are burning calories in an aerobic state. The moment you stop aerobic activity, your calorie burning drops significantly down to a baseline. Now, when you're sitting in your car, you're waiting in a carpool line, you're watching TV, you're listening to this podcast, you're sleeping, whatever it may be, the only other thing other than breathing and peeing that's burning really significant calories for you is your lean tissue. Muscle mass, lean tissue, is the only thing in your body that burns and turns calories at rest, right? So this is your energy-burning machine. Now, this is this is magical. This is perfect. So this is what happens whenever you decide to go on some weird 60-day, 30-day, whatever, fad-type diet. This is how what happens in your body. Number one, your body will always drop water weight. Specifically, if you take out carbohydrates, sugars, or salts, or any of that, the water weight's just going to fall off of you. And because for every um, millimole of glucose that gets stored in the muscle, there's four millimoles of water. So just by reducing carbohydrates, immediately you're now reducing five millimoles of something. So some weight's coming off of you. And most of that is in the form of water weight. So that's in the first... Uh, five to six days, you're going to lose those magic pounds. Whoa, girl! I lost these ten pounds in ten days, and I'm feeling great, right? So now you're still eating some fag weirdo diet, and your body shifts into letting go of the next thing. So your body will never let go of adipose tissues and adipose tissue in a starvation setting, which means you are not taking in enough calories to reach baseline. So where it starts to burn calories or take away or create glucose for your brain, because remember your brain needs 60% of the glu- glucose grams you should take in every day, is it starts to break down your precious muscle tissue, your amino acids. So again, you're going to see a drop in weight. You're going to feel great. You're going to feel wonderful. All the meantime, you're throwing out your calorie-burning machine down there. You're really teeing it out the whatever. So your 60 days are up, your 90 days are up, and guess what? You're hungry. Right? You realize that just eating X, Y, and Z or getting the shakes or doing whatever is not working for you anymore. You slip. You have a sandwich. You think this is amazing. And so you start to go back to eating the exact same way you did prior to whatever challenge your friend at work convinced you you needed to do. And now you're 10 or 15 pounds heavier than you were when you started and you're totally perplexed. You think you're cursed and you suck. Well no, all you did now was ask a smaller machine to burn the same amount of calories as it did because you took your sponge in half and threw it out the window. So instead of getting a nutrition and fitness regime that would actually restore, repair, and rebuild back that machine for you, you go in panic crisis mode, and then you hop on the next freaking fad that comes into town. Because, you know, Charlie over here is seeing great results. And you keep reducing your only thing that has the potential to burn calories for you, and that is muscle tissue. So now you're a fat slob that's got nothing but adipose tissue, and you can't burn calories.
0: calories doesn't make sense you paint a dreary picture it is dreary and it's sad
2: it's sad and this is what women this is the cycle that women have been on since the 80s since they've been fat phobic and can't strength train so you cannot keep taking calories away from yourself you're going to have to come to the result that you're going to have to find a lifestyle that builds muscle back and over the age of 40 it's going to be harder And you're going to have to eat to help with that. And, you know, it's going to be hard because it's going to be change. If not, you're going
1: to have to sleep. You're going to have to sleep. sleep.
2: That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) But that's the dumb dieting decision. So when you see quick weight loss, just know you're giving up your precious metabolism. Your metabolism is going down the drain every time you lose lean tissue. And it starts going down the drain after the age of thirty, two by two percent each year, anyway, because of hormonal changes.
0: Well, then I'm in big trouble because I'm a lot. Older, well, it's I?
2: worse for women, and I hate to be so sad or whatever, but that's like people don't understand physiology, what's going on in their body, and you are literally throwing out the baby with the bathwater.
0: And that does make sense. I think, you know, for people that are even, you know, we, for people that have a healthy enjoyment of chasing some physical fitness goals. They do, though, want to tailor their nutrition to what their goals are. Like, if somebody can manage to do this in a healthy way, you know, they're going to have to be a little more restrictive and they're, they're going to have to veer... How do I say this? By being a little more restrictive, they're veering over almost into fad diet territory, aren't they, a little bit? Like, if you're if you're really trying to be strict and be healthy, and really follow a very strict nutrition plan. I don't Are, is know it,
2: one Olympian with is a gold medal over, that does a fad diet.
0: I don't want to say a fad diet, like more extreme version of something. Like No, more or, calculated. Okay, yeah. And it's I just, more calculated. I just and so,
2: that. no, so now you're having to put more thought and energy into creating balanced meals every time.
0: And actually, the guy that just set the 100-mile, he ran the fastest 100-mile ever, he's, a, he's on a carnivore diet okay but so actually you you said you didn't know any olympians but i know a
1: world record holder.
2: well i mean he's also got a team of scientists and he's probably his probably his diet is a whole lot more healthier than you think it is
1: she mentioned earlier or we may have mentioned this when you walked out talking about the gut and what's going on there There, because there's uh, kendrick ferris went on vegetarian diet for a little while and james our our guy talked about like the amount of protein He's taken in in his life and the training that he's put in in his life, and the gut is getting relief from having the digestion process, all that stuff temporarily. It actually makes him feel better at his age. Not that it should be prescribed for everybody from childhood. No, I mean, yeah, that's, and that's like, the, there's so many moving parts yeah. going on.
2: And that's the biggest. And
1: that guy hadn't been on a carnivore diet from when he started running to when he got that. And world championship. Yeah. No, no, I agree so, with that. Yeah,
2: yes. and, and so and that's the biggest problem interesting and, and sort of yeah. a, a argument here is like there there is no you you want me to tell you what to do. Yeah. I can't do that. There are so many avenues that can be considered in good health. Um, there's no one right way. And But but physiology, this is how your body's working. And so what we do know is if you don't get amino acids, you lose muscle tissue. If you don't strength train, you lose muscle tissue. And what we see is we have now women who have done both, and they're very, very disgruntled, very sad, very discouraged because they don't like how they look. They don't like how they feel. Um, they don't understand why with their efforts to eat like a bird, but exercise isn't giving them the results they need. And it's because it's not the right program to produce what they're wanting.
0: So have we answered the question of how, how they can find what they're looking for? They, I mean, are people, do people need to experiment? Not as ridiculous as I did, but do they need to experiment and like <clears throat> and try different things? I mean, how, how are people... How do Number one, if this? you're not what resistance
2: is? training, there's your first question. There's your first question. How are you resistance training and how? That would be the first thing I would ask. And number two, I would ask for you to take a real hard look at your diet. Like, I don't have to, you, you don't have to meet with a dietitian. You you are educated above your level of obedience when it comes to eating decent. What mm-hmm. would you have for breakfast? Not, you don't have to answer that. But I'm just asking that. <laughs> Steak, like, what'd I mean, you have breakfast. for breakfast? What did you have, you know, last night for dinner? Like, therein lies a lot of your, you're your looking, I mean, just clean up like what you've got. Um, I will say, if you've got disposable income, one of the most profound things I think you can do to sort of be eye-opened is do something like a DEXA scan, where when I asked you, did, did you even have that much mm-hmm. the um, fat, lo, lo, fat mass to lose, you may not. Because you can take something like a DEXA scan, which is much better than your mm-hmm. any, any, any form of anything, and actually see how much lean tissue you have and start tracking it and your bone health and sort of all of that. Um and now you have real numbers that you can work from to start a plan that makes sense for you. Um, because the first thing you want to do is preserve what you have and then build something new.
0: So how does somebody do
1: that?
2: You go to DexFit Fit Madison and you pay $150 and you get a scan. Oh, cool.
1: And hey, what's I the only, tell them? The only caution I would have to that is unrealistic expectations going into that. Oh, absolutely your you're gonna get percentages. You're a gonna get your of feelings women hurt. And men oh, sure, I bet so. Have unrealistic well it goes back to what is healthy and what is not. Oh yeah! Unrealistic expectations of what they even should be. They're like, my body fat's twenty eight percent. It should be fifteen. It's like, "Ah, no, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. It simply shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, I was. (laughs) That was one question
0: I had early on. Like, does it make a difference if you're fourteen percent body fat or ten? Like, is that really a big health? At what point is it no longer wellness? Is it a fitness and an ego boost? Yeah.
2: So, or if your sport pays your mortgage.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a loaded question because you got to be careful that
1: one.
2: No, I don't. Your sport yeah, does not pay your mortgage. Yeah. Your ability to help others achieve their goals pays your mortgage. If
1: you run your marathon, no if matter your PR what, if your PR marathon was thirty minutes slower, it would not change anything. They would nobody's
2: ripping up a thirty thousand dollar check for you. Nobody's giving you a thirty dollar check. It, it might
1: change a little. No. It might have changed historically
0: it might have changed because I might have taken a different approach. Because I wouldn't have thought that was... That's changing that I was... your career. It's changing
1: your changing. career. I know. My,
0: my point is, I might have taken a different... It might have, I mean, if we're going to keep going what ifs all the way back... I'm a prime I example. My business is better
1: than it ever has been with me not being compete, competitive. Well, that's because you're focused more on it. But that's the point is, I don't have yeah, to Yeah, but be... we're all
0: saying what if, like, does is it going to make a difference? Well, maybe not now, but it might have before.
1: You've never won any won any income at a race. That's That's what we're talking about.
0: No, but there is a, we've talked about this on podcasts before, like there's a fallacy that if you're good at something, you you can teach it or coach it. Yeah. And I will, like, I've used that to my yeah, advantage. Yeah, I agree that, yeah, I have to. And I'm not even that good of a runner. like, I'm yeah. fine, but I'm not that great. But people still look and say, well, he's good at it. He must know what he's talking about. So that's how I even got started down this path. Most people are like, well, he's a good runner, so I'll listen to him. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah, listen to me. know what I'm talking about. Now I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which helps. Yeah. But yeah, so it does I mean it depends how, how vague you want to get with that question. How specific Well, it
2: goes down to like what you want. But at the end of the day, you know, my uh, people who come to mind, you know, Michael Phelps, uh, the gymnast, uh, Team USA, the Olympians who are looking to break world records where everything's on the line for them, they don't they they would laugh at this podcast because they don't have to decide between Oreos and a bowl of fruit. They, they, the decisions made for them. Because Mark Phelps could eat everything. Well, he could eat yeah. everything. <laughs> He's, He's also working out six or eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, but it's the same way where okay, so like take for for well, Michael and I, or even you. Do you do you sleep in in the morning, or do you get up and put on your pants and go to work for the majority of the time? Why? Because if there will be a consequences to your livelihood and your family if you don't get up and show up at eight a.m. Whether you take a donut in or you take a whole grain piece of toast in doesn't determine whether your boss is going to give you a check or not.
0: Depends where you work.
2: Disagree. <laughs> You're not winning this. <laughs> if though. you
0: work at the donut shop and you bring a donut in, your boss. To so the will end of this, go,
2: this podcast, we are found out that Jeremy <laughs> might get fired is because you brought
1: a donut in from a different donut shop. And Jeremy's what? Um,
2: completely out of whack and unbalanced in his life. No. And his made <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> No! Am, no, more so I'm just kind of a contrarian. I like to ask a lot of questions. No, like, and I you should. That but, because,
2: but, and again, I, to round this whole thing out, have the goals you want. Have whatever crazy goals. I've got plenty of them. Trust me. Just know your why. And don't, sacri- don't get at the end of it and sac- sacrifice everything for a pant size. Or for a medal and you didn't you didn't see your children grow up or you didn't have children or and and specifically to CrossFit community and I see couples who who love doing it together and you're chasing this dream of regionals listen to me having a child with that man that you love is so much better than any thigh gap or abs that you'll ever have having their first birthday seeing their first walk don't wait until it's too late to have all that because you're chasing this Instagram dream. But if that is your dream, then go for it all out and don't have any regrets. But just ask yourself some tough Challenger. questions. Ask yourself some tough questions about your priorities and your goals.
0: And that's a really good summary because I think that's with my training and coaching program. I'm trying to pass that same thing along. Yeah, you know, and so is Mike too. Absolutely, more. y'all are yeah. great. Y'all
2: are great. Yeah, and this is why this is why this conversation is great. Nobody, I'm so happy. That's why when nobody said you need more discipline, I'm like, mm, yeah. well, but why? Why do you need more discipline?
0: Yeah, I usually don't go that route. Right. Yeah. And I we I, Mike and I have talked about this in a lot of podcasts. I just I want people to enjoy. We talk about their why. Find, just enjoy it. First thing we wrote on the board last time we did a podcast. My, um, Matt Fitzgerald said that he said make sure. How did he say that? Just make sure you're still enjoying it. Yes. Just enjoy it, and then if good things come of it. Then yes, good and if come you do it.
2: have promise, if you have a kid that has promise, those explore those. You may wind up like me and hold two state records, and who knew? <laughs> oh,
0: sure, right, <laughs> <good> <laughs> thing uh, but, you got that in one uh, more time. Before we <laughs> no, turn it but
2: off. I mean, it, context matters. Um. Anyway, this has been fun. We'd love to come back actually talk about nutrition we
0: might have to actually do this again so we can actually talk about nutrition some yeah. i guess
2: submit your questions but this was more fun than giving you snack ideas
0: <laughs> we'll do that next time
1: there were a couple questions on that
0: but we'll get yeah, on, we'll yeah. get to that later all right mike thanks. rebecca thank you for uh-huh. joining the podcast Bye. we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening
1: thanks for listening guys